We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46 yards. Goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. A high school quarterback. He's going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo on the show tonight with some great stuff. A couple of really awesome guests. I have Davey Hudson from Believe in Titans and Fox Sports Nashville on to preview the Titans and Rams. And also from Mile High Sports, Danny Williams hosts their show from 9 to 11 a.m. Uh, we're here. He's going to tell me all about Von Miller. That's what I'm really excited about as well. This big week for Rams football all across the board. I am not in any place to keep you waiting. Right away. Right now. Let's get, on, get over to Dan- Davey Hudson to preview the game. Check it out. All right, folks, I am here with Davey Hudson from the Believe in Titans and Fox Sports Nashville. We're here to cover the Rams-Titans. going to give you the best preview humanly possible. But before we do, we want to say hello. Hello, Davey. How you doing? Hey, Derek. I'm doing well, man. Yourself? Doing good. Doing good. It's it's midweek here. The, the buzz is starting to build for what on our end is a big game. We know this is a tough matchup on our end. Uh, I know that I've been nervous about this one for many reasons. And I'm very curious to what your thoughts are about this match at Rams Titans Sunday Night Football. I guess that's the first place to start. Well, your overall feeling right now as you're getting midweek. I know you just lost Chris Henry. How are you feeling, Derek Henry? 
it's it's one of those things I wish I had a lot of answers for you, but it, in reality, it's it's kind of weird because this Titans team is one in which this offense has relied so much on Derrick Henry to be the focal point. And when I say be the focal point, that's even whenever he doesn't have the ball, he changes how defenses guard this team. I, I will say that I'm excited and I'm interested to see how this team performs uh, without Derrick on the field because it's just going to be so new. And while you know, it, it sucks to lose a player of that caliber. One is a, a fan of the team. I know fans are really mm-hmm. upset and they're hopeful that he's able to get back after having surgery, but it, it remains to be seen. And so you're looking at it from, all right, well, it's time for guys like Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown. Where's Julio Jones been? Can they step up to the plate and help propel this offense to still playing at a, at a high level? And the, the other thing that, of course, national media has kind of been talking about as of late is, well, the Titans with the run game, they went out and they got future Hall of Famer Adrian Peterson to come along and, and try to help uh, bolster that run attack. It, it was one of those things looking, we just passed the trade deadline, so are Titans going to look to try to change up some of their personnel from, a, all right, well, we know that they're a run-first team, but are they going to look to maybe go out, get another passing weapon, and try to spread it out a little bit more in that department? It doesn't look like that's the case. Mike Brabel said, you know, we have our identity, and we're going to continue to run first, use that to develop the play action, and go from there. But whenever it just comes from a – I know I'm rambling, but it's, it, I, I'm excited about this game. And I think even though the Titans are having a massive setback when you look at what's going on on the injury front, I think this team's going to be ready for the game, and I think it's going to be a great matchup for Sunday Night Football. I mean, I'll be honest. Two weeks ago, when the Rams just had their issue with Detroit of all teams, I was thinking, the Titans are in two weeks. They're going to destroy us. They're just a bad match. I mean, there's there's certain teams when they face each other, the matchups don't work. The Rams are struggling with with stopping the run. They were struggling with uh, dealing with just what teams are doing to them. Defenses across the board, sorry, offense across the board. One thing they need to do the Rams is just think and done. Death by a thousand paper cuts. A short pass here, run here. Short pass here, run here, and they can keep the Rams' defense on the field and. Losing Derrick Henry changes that dynamic. And then you add Vaughn Miller to the mix out there for the Rams, and I have no idea how much he will play. The dynamic suddenly changed for me. And I, again, I thought this was going to be a blowout loss. Just the matchup was bad. Now I'm not so sure. When you're looking at the, the change in the dynamic, how are you viewing the game overall? I still think it's going to be a game that it's still going to be high scoring. The Titans defense is as well have a lot of guys banged up. And it, but I will say one of the things when you watch the Titans the last couple of weeks, what they've done a really good job of is eliminating the big play. And then it's the bend don't break style of defense that I, I often call it because the teams are going to get their yards like Matt Stafford. Like I'll be surprised if he doesn't have over 300 yards passing, but it's can the Rams execute whenever they get into the red zone. And as of late, the Titans have done a really good job of stopping teams when they get there. The most notable play, obviously, of the last couple of weeks was when Josh Allen was going forward on fourth and goal. And, or fourth and short, trying to get into the end zone there late to give the win to the Bills, and the Titans were able to manage to get a stop. Uh, the Titans held the Bills to two for five once the Bills got into the red zone. So can the Titans replicate that type of performance on the defensive side of the ball? They're looking to get a couple of their linebackers back this week, and so while their secondary has been banged up, the pass rush has been able to help out the secondary by just creating some havoc throws and just some errant passes. Now, can they get to Matt Stafford? remains to be seen, but I would like to put my money on Harold Landry getting back there a couple of times. 
Bud Dupree has really been coming along. Titans got him and free agency via Pittsburgh. So what what can the Titans do defensively there? Because I think even without Derek, the team's going to get creative on the offense side of the ball, and they're going to find a way to score. And now if you are looking for an area on the offense that I'm really concerned about right now, injury report came out, guard Nate Davis did not practice for the Titans. He's in concussion protocol, and their backups at that position have really struggled. And if you're struggling in a position, I can guarantee you the one guy you're not going to want to face is Aaron Donald. So he, as, I mean, he's going to be dominant no matter who he's going up against, but it's like will he be able to take advantage if the Titans are having to play backups there? And if, if he is able to have his way, uh, it, it could be a long day for the Titans' offense. But it, it's just one of those things to where – and it's been like this a lot for the Titans so far. Is they've had so many guys injured, it very is rare that we know exactly who the Titans are going to have available come game day. And, and so it's, there's a lot of speculation. And at least it gives us uh, here in the Titans country a lot to talk about. Like, well, at least if, if we know this guy's available, it's like here, here's what we can expect. And the Titans at least have embraced the next man up mentality. But whenever it does come to having to go up against somebody like Aaron Donald, I really am curious to see. And I don't think the Titans will have a lot of success in stopping him if they're having to play backups at the guard position. And so as it sounds, just from our point of view, it also depends on how the officiating is when it comes to to Don. Because, I mean, he's held almost every play. And if the officials are picky, it'll change the dynamic of the game just there because he's held all the time. It's unbelievable how often he's held. And when, you know, what we've seen in the past is when teams have, when they've let games be loose, then you see really no effectiveness from Dahl the whole time because he's getting, he's getting held the whole time. When they're more strict with the play, with the, um, the penalties and so on and so forth, we tend to see Dahl break through more. I'm serious. This is how we've seen things the last two years. Ever since his 20 sack season, that's been the case. Like you, you just, you have to watch the fishing because the fishing, as hit as much as I can say, changes the dynamic of the game as well. I'm looking also at what the Titans are doing at the running back position. They went and got Adrian Peterson. What about the rest of the running back core? Who who's who are the names to watch? So what the Titans have done for majority of the year, and, and obviously it's it's been one of the things where Derrick Henry gets almost all the touches whenever it comes to running the ball. They've used Jeremy McNichols primarily as their third down back, and they've said they're going with a more running back by committee approach. Even though he's not had a lot of practice time, I mean, today was his first day really out there on the field, I still expect Adrian Peterson to get a bulk of the carries whenever it comes to this Titans run run game. They also went out and got Deontay Foreman. They signed him uh, as a free agent this week. He was the guy who was with the Titans team last year, and he, he ran pretty hard guy out of Texas, has spent some time with Atlanta during the offseason. Um, Arthur Smith was a tie there, Titans former OC, but wasn't able to stick there. He's, he's battled some injury issues. and But but other than Peterson, Foreman, and McNichols, I'm, I'm really not expecting to see anybody else. There's a chance that Dontrell Hilliard is called up and activated, but I'm, I would expect him to kind of be the, the last guy to possibly see out there. But McNichols is someone they've been using in the passing attack, and it's it's one of those things to where you go back and you look, I know Todd Downing, before coming and being the OC this year in Nashville, he only had one stop as an offensive coordinator, and that was whenever he was with Oakland for a season. And one of the things he loved to do was he loved to get the running back the ball out of the backfield. So I expect to see a lot of drawn-up passes for Jeremy McNichols this game. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's a guy who's not a uh, name value, but he has been solid, and he's really good in run block uh, or in pa- picking up a pass block. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that it's – 
it, it remains to be seen. But if I had to guess, and if if I was drawing up plays, I would I would definitely expect Jeremy to be highly involved in the pass game. But then whenever it comes to running the ball, they're probably going to try to get the ball to Peterson early and see what he still has left in the tank. Well, how much do you think he does have left in the tank? <laughs> well, uh, you're looking at a guy who's 36 playing a position that does not favor running backs very well. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, actually, I was in Nashville last year whenever the Titans hosted the Lions and got to watch Stafford play there, and then I got to watch uh, Adrian Peterson. And then it took me actually until a couple of hours after the Titans even signed him to realize Adrian played in that game. Uh, to where it was, it was one of those things to where I, I'm not holding my breath. If if I'm if I'm the Titans, I'm I'm hopeful, but I, I really think that the run game is going to. I mean, we know it's going to take a step back. It's just how much of a step back. It, it's it's one of those things to where the one thing that has eluded Adrian in his career is getting a ring, and so he's he's on a team that even without Derek still has Super Bowl aspirations. They're fortunate that they were able to get that win in Indianapolis this past week weekend because. That separated them by three games, plus the tiebreaker for the division, which the AFC South, one of the worst in footballs. And so the Titans fortunately did the work for the first half of the season and have been able to establish a, a cushion to work with. And and so it, it's one of those things with this Rams game, while I still expect them to be competitive and go out there, I think it's going to be a lot of just filling out their own team and seeing what they're going to have to do to adjust moving forward into the second half of the season. But it, at least for Adrian Peterson, I'm hopeful that he's able to go out there and perform well. But, I mean, we're talking about a 36-year-old running back. But if there's anyone else that you could have gotten off the street to replicate what Derek did, Adrian has done that before. So let me kind of read between the lines for a little bit. You know, something else that you just kind of noted in there. Do you see this game as a measuring stick kind of game for the Titans? You just mentioned oh, one of the weakest divisions in football. If You know, they did it. The heavy work here early, you know, is that how you view it? Like in terms of this is where you really see how good this team is. Prior to the Derrick Henry injury, I would absolutely say yes. But having to reassess what you're looking for on the offense after having the bulk of your offensive production go down remains to it just remains to be seen, and that's where a lot of the questions come from. And I will say for people that don't typically follow the Titans. One of the things that is so weird about them, especially under their time with Mike Vrabel, they play so much better when they're the underdog. Right now in the year, the Titans are 4-0 as an underdog, but uh, they, they struggled and they got beat by the Jets. Like, it's, it, it's just so weird. Now, with the Jets game, they, they were missing some of their key guys, but you should still be able to beat the, that New York team when they played them, even without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. And so no matter how much the odds are stacked against the Titans whenever it feels like everything's just, all right, we're overlooking the Titans. We're going to write them off. This team comes through and performs well. They've done it time and time again. No one was really giving them much of a shot against the Bills. And they're like, all right, well, Kansas City's going to get it right. And then Titans ended up having one of the best games against the Chiefs in the Patrick Mahomes era, the worst performance by an Andy Reid coach team in KC for his tenure. So they just find ways to come through and perform when everyone's kind of said, you know what, this team, they've, they've done well, but they've reached their peak. And, and so while this could be a game, it's, it, there's, there's probably two outcomes for this game. It's one, the Titans win an extremely close game, or somehow the Rams end up just putting, on, putting it on them and that they win it like 31-14. to 14. 
Well, in in terms of how you're looking at this game, one of the key factors for me is, is the coaching matchup. And I'm quite familiar with Mike, Mike Vrabel from over the years. Uh, but maybe our listeners are. When you look at Mike Vrabel, how do you really get a gauge on the job he's done there and the job he continues to do? Well, Titans fans in the uh, early 2010s, I mean, you go back and you look at it, the team was not good. It was, it was a struggle, and ever since Mike Rabel's been there, the Titans have had a winning record every year, and they won the AFC South for the first time last year since 2008. So there are a lot of fans that they'll get frustrated at times, as, as any fan base does, but I think they do realize that the job that John Robinson and Mike Rabel have done is light years better to what we had seen earlier in the past decade. And so they, they built this team to where – they're currently a contender, and I mean, before the Derrick injury, injury, I mean, and well, even right now, the Titans are number one in the AFC. So if the mm-hmm. playoffs were to start today, Titans would have that first round bye. So I, I think you, you look at that and you realize, like, I mean, they've, they've done a hell of a job. One of the things with Coach Rabel is I don't necessarily view him as a great defensive mastermind by any chance. Like, a, you go back to his time as a D.C. in Houston, his defenses weren't putting up the best numbers, but as a head coach, he is great at being a player's coach like the players love that guy they love to play for him and so it's 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 well i think the the range players really enjoy playing for sean mcveigh it's not like i mean we know sean mcveigh is the offense coordinator he's the guy making all the calls like he is the whiz kid whenever it comes to the offense we're, we're not exactly seeing that with with mike Vrabel, but the the team responds to him and he's taking on that ceo type approach and while he doesn't use analytics like you see a lot of the younger coaches in the game do now he's he has done a better job this year, I think, at making some of those key decisions in crunch time. And he's he, he's really starting to come into his own. And I, I think he's going to be the coach in Nashville for a, a very long time. One of the things that's really impressed me about him is his overall mindset when it comes to coaching and, and just the fundamentals that he brings to the game. And we saw that. We've seen it wherever he was, even when he was at Ohio State. And I'm really curious as to – how you view the matchup itself with McVeigh, the guy who uh, we would consider. I don't. I've asked. I was asked this last week. Do we consider him a genius? I said. I, I think no. I, I'd say more of a prodigy. Thirty-five years old, still growing into it. But I mean, a guy who has become quickly widely respected around the league versus a you know lunch pail kind of guy like a Mike Vrabel. How do you view his matchup itself? I wouldn't necessarily put it as a, a matchup as like head coach versus head coach because, I mean, I guess if you wanted to get kind of get into comparisons, I would I would put it as a Sean McVay versus Shane Bowen, the defensive coordinator, just because uh, Bowen has been given the full control of the mm-hmm. defense this year, and we've seen them start to be better. Last year, they kind of had the duty split a little bit, and it, it really did lead to some, I, I guess, the lack of communication, I thought, from the coaches to the players really was lacking at times. And, and I think this year with Shane Bowen just taking over, this, the defense has responded better, and and you started to see the the matchups between I guess coaching staff start to come into play there. Whereas I just I mean Vrabel's going to be there, and but I, I just even though he is a defensive guy, I just I struggle to look at it as a as a hmm. oh Mike Vrabel versus Sean McVay type of matchup. That well, it's good sense. to know. But I didn't didn't know that. So overall, I mean. Looking at this matchup now, Sunday night, I'm in the lights in this brand new cathedral on the West Coast here on on national TV. Care to make a prediction? 
prediction, man, it's, it's one of those things to where it's like there's the highs and lows of every week. I know we're kind of uh, at, at the halfway point right now. And like the, the optimist in me wants to think that the Titans are going to come out there and, and prove a lot of people wrong. But I just right now, based off the injury report, I'm, I'm struggling to see it. I, I do think the Titans cover. I mean, they are 4-0 against the spread as an underdog. Well, they're 4-0 outright as an underdog. And so I expect to see that they at least can cover the eight. Last I checked, uh, was what the line was. But if I had to put it right now, I, I think the Rams are going to be able to. It, it's just so weird, man. And I apologize for kind of kind of going off the topic, but I'm just so many different things going through my mind right now. And I, I do think that Ryan's going to have to be extremely efficient. A lot of people overlook Ryan Tannehill because of what he what happened with Adam Gase, which the fact that Adam Gase got to ride Peyton Manning's coattails and then coach two teams into irrelevancy is is something in and of itself. But if, if Ryan is turnover-free, which we've not seen him play like that this year very often, I, I think here, here's what I'll say. I'll, I'll give two predictions. You probably don't like this, but if Ryan Tannehill does not have a turnover, I'm, I'm going out on a limb, Titans 30, Rams 28. Ryan does not come through in that category. I still think the Rams are going to get to the 30 mark, but I'm going to say Rams 31, Titans 24. Okay. Well, it's interesting because on my end, I view it as I think the Titans cover no matter what. The, this is going to be a close game, in my view. But I still don't like the philosophy matchup. And given that you know, like Von Miller is being brought in, not it's being brought in to to help stop the run, to really kind of plug that hole there. Being as though we don't even know he's going to play, we think he's going to play. If you get even just a mediocre running game with a continual ball control. The Titans overall are just too talented, and they'll do what the Cardinals did to them a few weeks back. And that, that in my view, would be a blowout. So in my view, I'm actually saying the Rams win this one close, or it's a Titans blowout. Because okay, the match at the philosophies yeah, clash. Gotcha. Well, here's the thing, and, and this is something we've been waiting to see for the Titans. The Titans have not had a second wide receiver step up. And while we know that A.J. Brown is a top-10 receiver in this league when healthy, I mean, he showed it last week. He had 10 catches for 155 yards and a touchdown. If they put Jalen Ramsey on him, I, I think that matchup is going to be a lot of fun to watch if I'm a defense coordinator and I don't put Jalen Ramsey on A.J. Brown. I feel like that's uh, just an in, injustice for, for your team. But mm-hmm. – well, the Titans have a, a second wide receiver step up. They've not been able to rely on Julio Jones to be healthy. And last year, you guys had Josh Reynolds. Uh, it's so far looking as, as if that was a really bad signing on behalf of the Titans. The guy's not been able to produce at all. And so it's just, well, Ryan Tannehill have other weapons he can go to. Uh, because right now, we've not really seen a lot of other guys be able to get separation and to make something happen. So it, it's one of those things to where if, if Jalen and AJ kind of have their thing going on, somebody else is going to have to step up at the other receiver position for the Titans. And I, I just don't know if, if uh, someone's capable from, a one, a health standpoint, and then, two, just a, a pure talent standpoint to be able to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, hey, can you let people again know where they can find your work, podcasts and all? Certainly, yeah, Derek. Uh, you, you all can find me. Uh, do Believe in Titans. You can find that on all your main podcast channels and streaming services. Uh, I do that with former Titan Denard Walker, who – actually uh, started in the Super Bowl with the Titans whenever they faced the Rams back in, oh gosh, what would have been 2000 now. So uh, um, do that with former Titan Denard Walker, great guy. 
really gives incredible insight whenever it comes to the defensive, like getting into the, the mind of a defensive coordinator. And then you can find me every weekday morning, 7 to 10, Eastern Fox Sports Knoxville. Love talking about just all things Tennessee, including the covering the SEC, NFL, just pretty much going around the wild world of sports. And Derek, I, re- I really do appreciate you having me on here, man. And you can follow me on Twitter at Davey underscore Hudson, D-A-V-E-Y underscore H-U-D-S-O-N. Davey underscore Hudson. Got it. Thanks so much. And I hope we're having a brand new conversation come February for a Super Bowl. That would be fantastic. We'd be fun to have a a rematch there. Yeah. It would be fantastic. back in the same place. Well, you know, hey, that first Super Bowl meeting between the two teams, they play each other during the regular season. Titans won Mm -hmm. that game. All those years yeah, ago. It's, 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 it's trip down memory lane. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, but I would love for the Titans to get back there. The Titans versus Rams in a rematch. It would be fun for everyone. I, mean, I know that hurts Titans fans with the, the one yard short by Kevin Dyson. It, it still haunts the fan base, but maybe an opportunity for redemption. Yeah, but in all due respect, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I hope the matchup happens. <laughs> but, <completely understand. laughs> all right, well, have a great one. Thanks so much. Thanks, Derek. Take care, man. Take care. All right, there. So there you go. You've heard my thoughts on it. I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm happy the Rams win. I'm hopeful that my analysis is wrong. By the way, I, I'm hoping that you no, know, <laughs> hoping it's a Rams blowout. Hoping that it's a game they control. The matchup. Sometimes you know you just have a matchup that doesn't work for you. For years. The Dodgers didn't match up well with the Cardinals. It just didn't work out well for them. You know, get what I'm saying? This year, the, the Braves are a bad matchup for them. But do I believe the Dodgers are a more talented team? Absolutely. Sometimes things just don't work out. Rams, Titans, I believe the Rams are more talented than the Titans are. But the matchups, the way they play, it, it's sometimes a bad matchup. But you can overcome bad matchups. It's not a given that things are, aren't going to work in your favor. And I'm, I'm hopeful that as I make the trip out there this weekend to see this in person for once, that that this is going to be a Rams win. All right, so moving on. Let's talk with Danny Williams from Mile High Sports. Oh, before we get into it, this is a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, folks, I'm here with Danny Williams from Mile High Sports. I'm here there from 9 to 11. And I got to tell you, I, got, I have to love your Twitter profile, by the way, because you actually put who, who's fired you. That's, that's oh, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, it's like a lot of people are like, oh, formally up. I just put fired by, you know, um, <laughs> these, you know, all these other, you know, it's, my bio's not long enough, actually, but. You know, any, again, like I was, you know, I, I have a journalism degree, you know, I would never tell a, a young college student these days to go get a journalism degree because I don't know like where it'll take you. I would tell people nowadays to get like a communications degree because, you know, I thought I'd be a beat writer for a team and I did all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I ended up in radio now in after like a fledgling newspaper industry, you know, is kind of, you know, ran journalism to, or maybe change journalism into, into kind of something else totally. But yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Well, but don't no, even funnier though. On your profile, you have like at alt, altitude nine fifty. If you look at it, yeah. that account suspended. Like you turn that okay, then maybe not. <laughs> you know, I would say, uh, you know, I made altitude nine fifty what it is today out of business. You know, so it's like one of our little kind of jokes on the show that we have. But um, yeah, man, it's. Um, we, uh, you know, I'm a lucky guy to be like in this game. It's like I, I used to complain about going and covering Rockies games. You know, being in the dugout, you know, talking to the dead man at three o'clock for a six forty game and not leaving till midnight. You know, I mean, like people would kill for the job, and you take that stuff for granted. Got kids, stuff like that. So I've been lucky. You know, I'm a little lucky. And then I do, you know, do my radio thing here in Denver. Um, I'll tell you, man. Like, you know, when we were when the Broncos are, yeah, uh, when Peyton Manning's throwing fifty five touchdowns for 5,500 yards and, you know, they're winning Super Bowls and Von Miller strip sack and damage and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's the glory days now a little bit um, to what the Broncos have kind of become in the last couple of years. But, you know, it's been, uh, you know, kind of dramatic, kind of sad, kind of some people happy, a little, uh, you know, um, you remember the good old times, there's like a Green Day song in there somewhere with Von Miller. And, you know, like I kind of was just telling you, not quite like a divorce, it's not a divorce. It's like, uh, I don't know, like you're moving your oldest kid, I said, the way to college, or I'm like giving my daughter away at the altar. It's like, you know, they gotta, you know, like, like a bunch of peacock, you know, I gotta let them mm-hmm. soar, you know what I mean? And, um, like the truth is, by the time if and when Derek, like if and when the Broncos are ever good again, um, Von Miller won't be around for it, you know what I mean? So, yeah. You know, you keep, people say, oh, you should have taken Von Miller a couple of years ago. Well, you know, the return would have been bigger. Well, you know, a couple of years ago, they're drafting Drew Locke, and they brought Kate Keenum in, and he was a hot little prospect. They tried a Flacco experiment. You know, they thought they were going to win last year, the year before, you know, even really going into this year. And they're four and four right now, but it feels like two and six in town. It really feels like two and six. So, uh, what else? What do you want to talk about? Well, let's, let's back up a little bit. Well, the first thing I really want to know is on – the Denver end, how this trade even happened? Because, you know, for a couple of years, we've been hearing whispers on our end about the Rams. You know, fans talk about yeah. it. Go get Von Miller. But yeah. 
I didn't think it was going to happen, but we heard the two years now we've been hearing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Vaughn's connect, been connected to a kind of couple few teams. The Rams, we've heard that too. Dallas, you know, that's kind of his hometown team a little bit. And, uh, you know, Vaughn Miller, uh, maybe a top 15, you know, defensive player, top 20 defensive player in NFL history, kind of seemingly still in his prime. Um, people very, you know, aware of what he's capable of doing in playoff and Super Bowl situations, you know, who, who kind of, who kind of wouldn't want Vaughn where I think it started was when, um, with Broncos somehow, some way traded for Kenny Young, a linebacker from your, <laughs> from your squad, who was like your third leading tackler. We were puzzled by that. We're thinking, well, what's this guy, you know, is he, uh, this guy, uh, a jerk. Is this guy a bad teammate? Is this guy, um, you know, they got some, you know, stud up and coming dude, um, you know, who's, you know, who's, who's, they're eager to replace this guy with. Um, I think maybe some conversations started there with the Broncos desperate for some linebacker help. And we spring this deal for Kenny Young, which you might know, you could tell me a little bit more about him. He seems to be a pretty good player. Um, I bet at that time they asked, well, what do you think about Vaughn? And the Broncos said, well, you know, we think we can win still. We're, we're in it to win it. You know, um, we'll listen. But also, if the Broncos lose Vaughn in free agency next year, they get a third-round compensatory pick. So, you know, any offer for Vaughn's got to be at least better than that, you know? So I'm sure, like, any good negotiation, there's a, a, there's a back and a forth. And I think really, like, in a savvy way, uh, George Payton, who's, um, you know, a first-year general manager here, who's kind of relieved Elway of a lot of those uh, general manager duties, um, put together... Um, We'll pay the rest of the contract, but you send us a, a, a second to go along with that third. And in my world, you know, I have to look at Jerry Jones' kind of value chart. In my world, a second and third, it's like a one, and I, you know, like a late one. And I bet you there's some general managers that you say, well, you take a late one or two, you know, or, or a second and a third. And I bet you there's some general managers who would take the second and third because, you know, the thought is you're getting two top 100 or two top 80 players as opposed to one. So... You know, the value, um, it worked for us. Um, you know, that's what I would say, kind of how it all went down. There's all kinds of crazy reports about, um, and, you know, maybe it's the next thing you might want to know is, you know, there's some reports here about a Halloween party that Vaughn has annually mm -hmm. or kind of helps uh, organize. And this is like a six-figure blowout, a bash, where, like, Quavo, you know, from... Migos, like, you know, like some of the, like, the hottest rapper dudes, you know, are at this party. He paid these guys to come and, you know, party with the Broncos and I'm sure perform a couple songs and do the whole thing. So, um, Vaughn, last week after the Broncos were in the midst of a four game losing streak, wanted to cancel the party. And, um, you know, I don't know, like any good leader, but any, you know, guy who's seeing, you know, maybe the twilight, maybe, you know, I think Vaughn's on like the 14th or 15th hole of his kind of career. Um, he made a promise, uh, almost a guarantee in the Browns game, which they lost, couldn't score any points in ugly fashion, 17 of 14. Mm -hmm. I think Vaughn was a little bit embarrassed by that. Uh, I think Vaughn's pride took a little bit of a hit and Vaughn wanted to cancel his party. Well, a lot of the guys chipped in on the team for this party, six figure party, Quavo there. Um, you know, it's, it's like as, as extravagant event that we know Vaughn puts on every single year and it's a big deal. So some of the team did not want to cancel this party. They wanted to move forward with the party. They were financially invested in the party. Some guys didn't want to uh, attend the party. 
therefore no longer chip in for the party, especially the guys who didn't want to party. So there was a little bit of rift. And Vaughn doesn't need that money. Vaughn's made a lot of money in his career. But, you know, I was telling my radio producer, you know, he could yell at me, man, get that Fandle in. Do this and that. You know, like I could be telling him, you know, grab this for me. Grab this drop for me. Do this or that for me. Whatever. Like, we can be at each other. And at the end of the day, he's like my little brother. You know what I mean? And it's like, I couldn't imagine something coming in between us other than uh, if I told him, hey, man, rough night on the Fandle, man. Can I borrow a couple hundred bucks? You know, mm. what comes, like, in the way of guys other than money and maybe, like, women? And I'd say the women, we know with these guys, kind of how they operate, I'd say the women ain't even really, you know, isn't even really an issue with guys like this, you know? I mean, mm. no one's, you know, I'm not saying guys aren't having affairs with wives and stuff, but other than that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff, money is, like, something that could be, ugly turn turn dudes and turn people really really ugly because some people you know money is a pride thing what is it on friday you you know you play with my money you play with my emotions you know isn't that big big worm said that so like you know um that there's that and that is just a that's just something that has been that played out here in this last week okay also i would say vaughn's uh I would say Von Miller, Broncos went to Von Miller and said, okay, Von, we'd love to extend you. Von Miller was the AFC's defensive player of the month the first month of the season. So Von's not washed, okay? But Von, it's hard to do it on a team that, you know, where you're the focal point, you know? And Von's playing with a bunch of other great players. I mean, you saw what the guy was capable of. He was a Super Bowl MVP. So I think Von's going to be so tremendous there playing with the incredible talent that you guys have. But also, I said, I bet you the Broncos went to Vaughn and said, okay, Vaughn, we want to do an extension uh, two years, 15 million bucks. We'll guarantee it all, 25, maybe 30 million bucks. And, you know, we want you to retire at Bronco. Vaughn, people are probably saying, well, he's the uh, AFC's defensive player of the month. He's uh, one of the greatest defensive players in the history of the league, still in his prime. We want a new four year, um, 20 million per what he's making now with three years of that guaranteed. And sometimes, like, you know, anyone who's ever done a deal with anybody, like, on anything, where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, how much you need on that? And a guy says, like, a price. And you're so far off from the price, you just know, like, there's no chance. We'll never get this done, you know? So I think there's probably a little bit of that going on with the Broncos and gone, too. So I'd say a little bit of, like, a perfect storm led to uh, them moving Vaughn. And, um, I, you know, if it wasn't for the second and the third and the way it went down with the paying, you know, we paid about nine million bucks of Vaughn to the rest of, you know, Vaughn's salary for the year. I don't think if it's uh, not a perfect storm, they don't move. They don't move on. It had to be perfect and it worked out. Now, there's been some buzz right. on this end in today's presser and yesterday's presser about the potential for the Rams to re-sign Vaughn. And yeah. hearing you talk about him wanting four-year deals, I don't see the Rams doing that. But the Rams gave up a second and a third for an expiring contract. That's also not like them unless they think they can resign yeah. a guy. So what well, do you think goes on there? Well, I'm thinking that the Rams, um, when you're so close and you taste it like you guys were, um, you'll do anything to reach the mountaintop to get over, to get over the hump. I mean, it's like, I don't know where you guys, I don't know where the Rams are getting these draft picks from. It seems like they trade everyone they have. 
But do you know what? I love it because um, there's something to going all in. There's something to going all in and chasing it and doing whatever it takes. And I kind of, I, I really appreciate that. I love that about the Rams because, um, you know, Matt Stafford's not a spring chicken. They, everyone might think there's going to be a three, four, five year, you know, experiment. I, you know, you can't live with a guy in his 30s. You know, how can you live your life, your NFL life, further than expecting him to be really good or great further than, like, two years out? You know, so I think they see a window of opportunity right, right now. You know, when it comes to, to you know, to talking about re-signing Vaughn, I'd say Vaughn would consider re-signing with the Rams and, and taking um, taking a discount. Um, moreover, if you guys go win a Super Bowl this year, maybe less if, uh, you know, the fit's not perfect and you guys lose in the – divisional round to, I mean, who knows? The NFC is wild. It's, I mean, top-heavy. There's, like, some great teams up top. And, you know, it's easy. You know, they got to really align the stars. It's hard to win Super Bowls and championships. Um, I picked the Rams before the season started to win the Super Bowl. So, um, I don't, you know, I, 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 I love Matt Stafford. I think he's underrated, underappreciated. I think he's been on a poop team for his entire career, and it's hard to shine. Um it's hard to shine when, again, a quarterback's everything. If you don't have one, like, you're nothing. You know what I mean? There's, like, mm-hmm. six superstar quarterbacks in the league, seven maybe. And then there's, like, uh, Herbert and a Burrow and about, you know, four or five other guys who you can maybe, you know, uh, who, who might turn into franchise quarterback. That's, like, ten guys. If you don't have one, I mean, you're just you're, – you're, you're going nowhere. You're like, you're, you're irrelevant. And, you know, I mean, like, like, again, unless you get Derrick Henry. And even then, you know, even then, I mean, it's like a rare, rare, rare circumstance where it's not all about the quarterback, okay? So, you know, that's just kind of the truth. And um, I think the Rams are really good. I think you guys got something special going. You know, I didn't like when, you know, the Rams got away from it and started, you know, and maybe one too many Chiefs with the Clay Matthews and the Talibs, and, you know, you're just trying to, Add superstar after superstar. It's something too, you know. My, you know, a uh, a good house or a good building is built with brick and mortar. You know, you got to have glue guys. You got to have some like sticky guys. You got to have some gritty gutties, like JT the brick says. You know, you got to have um, you got to have guys who are willing to do things that maybe the brick, the superstar guys, kind of aren't willing to do. And you know, I'm an outsider looking in. It seems you guys had a little bit of purge. On the way back up, the build-up, um, guys are very dangerous. Uh, Vaughn's a perfect fit there. You're going to see how um, how special this guy is playing around uh, another all-time great. Um, you got a good one in Vaughn. He's not perfect. Um, there's been a little bit of drama throughout the 10-year ride here, some highs and some lows. Um, Marcus Ware came here. Uh, Helped the Broncos win a Super Bowl after they lost the Super Bowl in very ugly fashion, and Demarcus Ware wasn't the same Demarcus Ware he was in Dallas for all those years. But he came in here and he made Vaughn um, a guy in Vaughn Miller who was getting uh, hanging there maybe with the wrong dudes. Um, was letting that I don't know if it's the marijuana get the best of him or what he was doing, but there was a time where Vaughn Miller paid the P test guy, a P test guy. The NFL's PT guy. He tried to pay the P-Test guy off. So, I mean, that's a low point for Von Miller, man. Von Miller and Alvin Smith were, you know, two peas in a pod there for one minute. And look at where those two guys, kind of directions of their career went. I, I give credit to uh, Demarcus Ware for uh, turning Von into, um, you know, one of the greatest players, again, to ever play the game defensively. 
And Vaughn was a young punk at the time. And not only was he dumb, I mean, geez, Luis, to, pay, to offer the P-test guy for, to get him to say no, well, Vaughn must have been cheap, too, because, if, you know, you tell the P-test guy I'm going to give you 100000 bucks and, uh, you know, send you to, you know, France for a month, or you tell the guy I'll give you $5,000, where do this guy's going to risk his 80000 or $100,000 job to, you know, for Vaughn Miller? I mean, even Vaughn at the time, not only was he dumb, but he was cheap, and I'm kind of just kind of half being, jo- uh, you know, making a joke there. But Vaughn's come a long way in his journey from number two overall pick to expectations of, you know, the world on his shoulders to turn a franchise around to maybe being the guy to help land Peyton Manning here. Um, Mm -hmm. Peyton Manning's the greatest free agent in the history of, you know, maybe professional sports. So, um, you know, man, it's like the butterfly effect. One thing kind of leads to another, leads to another. But um, you're getting a Vaughn Miller who had more in the tank than DeMarcus Ware did when he came here and helped the Broncos win a world championship, Super Bowl 50, a very special Super Bowl. Vaughn's got more than that. Vaughn's going to do more than that. Um, Vaughn's matured. Vaughn's a, a dad now. Vaughn's a, um, um, priorities have changed. Vaughn, um, he's got, um, he, he's got self-awareness. He's got like a self kind of reflection. He gets his stature. He gets his importance uh, to the locker room and to like his fans. He, um, he's very aware, you know, Vaughn talks about, Derek, can you, should I stop talking for a second? You want to cut me off for a second? No, I'm just I'm listening. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, sorry. You know, I was just kind of rolling. Vaughn is, um, you know, Vaughn understands. You know, Vaughn's talked about being on the, you know, the second half of his career now. DeMarcus Ware played a long time. You know, um, Vaughn acknowledges the Bruce Smith and the Reggie White and the Lawrence Taylors, where these guys were, some of the greats of all time, greatest of all time, not just because of the production, but the longevity and the production. Um, Vaughn's workouts are legendary. His summer workout, workouts are, are legendary. We know about Vaughn's pass rushing camp thing that's turned into a gigantic thing where any pass rusher in the NFL, maybe all of them, go to, you know, this basically like the Peyton Manning quarterback uh, camp stuff. He does it every year. It's a big deal. So Vaughn's not afraid to help others. He's never been greedy with that kind of stuff. Um, do you know where Vaughn was best? Vaughn was best when you had other leaders like um, Akeem Tlaib, other leaders like Peyton Manning, maybe the greatest leader of all time. Chris mm-hmm. Harris was such an awesome leader and a vocal leader for the Broncos here. Uh, Malik Jackson was a great leader for this team. Derek Wolf was. I mean, again, that Broncos defense is one of the 10 great, greatest ever. So Vaughn also is, you know, likes to be led. He can be coached up. He's um, not the number one guy that's going to go um, speak on behalf of the defense of the team after a game, um, but he will do it. He has grown to do that more, and that's kind of it. You know, that's, really, that's, that's, that's Vaughn in a, a bit of a nutshell. Um, we'll miss him. We miss him around here. And, but we get it. The you know, Broncos country, a super smart fan base. Uh, emotional, but also uh, a championship fan base. You know, there's loser fan bases, and there's, you know, uh, championship fan bases that are, you know, um, don't accept losing for very long. Put the pressure on again, you know. Uh, Tim Tebow is literally the, the, the messiah. They, 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 they called upon him, and he delivered, you know, this fan base. He delivered. He took a 1-14 to the playoffs and beat the Steelers in one of the great upsets in playoff history. So, um, you know, this fan base um, 
loves Vaughn, but knows that, um, you know, it was time. It was kind of, it was, it was time for Vaughn to, uh, ride off into the sunset a little bit, so to speak. And we wish Vaughn the best. No one here, nobody here hopes Vaughn, um, is washed and flames out and doesn't have success. If anything, Broncos country, which is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a proud brand. There's a lot of us. Um, we will, maybe we'll be quasi, uh, Rams fans or we'll adopt the Rams for the, for the rest of the season. Well, I hope you do. I hope you do. <laughs> you know, you know, I hope that, yeah. I hope that, you know, on my end, of course, I'm hoping he works out and I'm, I'm curious as to what happens. Basically right now he's a rental for nine games and, and yeah. I want for more than that. I want, I want it to be. Well, you know what? Run. I'll tell you if, of course, if you, your, t- your tune and your tone might change if you guys hoist Lombardi. If you win it, you might think, well, now we have to keep him. But also, um, you know, once you win it, then everyone wants to get paid. Look what the Chiefs kind of are going through now. You know, they win the Super Bowl. Every last guy gets paid. All the stars get new contracts. And right now, they kind of, kind of recapture and, and kind of find that, that magic. So, um, I'll tell you, man, it's... Uh, it looks like the Rams are uh, for the next two or three years. Uh, in my eyes, I'd say that's what the window is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't win a Super Bowl in those two or three years, then um, you know. I mean, who, who do you blame? Do you blame McVay? Do you? I would say you can't blame anybody. They've got the right. You know, the uh, franchise quarterbacks are are hard to are hard to come by, impossible to obtain, and hard to come by. You got one in Stafford. Um, Nick Vay's an incredible coach. I mean, every, he's you know these he's the ideal young coach that every last you know team is like yearning for, and you got great talent. So sometimes again, it's it's about character, it's about lining the stars, it's about the football gods. You know, I believe in the football gods. Um, and you know, I always say on the show, on the radio show, it, it, it's it's simple, but it's hard to win championships. It's hard to win championships. The Braves. The Braves had a losing record at the All-Star break. You know, the Braves had a losing record at the All-Star break, one of two teams ever in the history of freaking baseball to do it. They have two winning months get hot and go knock off the Brewers, who had a great season, and the Dodgers, who were seemingly kind of unbeatable. So it's about getting hot at the right time, but also having the right pieces to enable and allow you to kind of do so, to do that. And, man, I'll tell you, no one's got more going for them than the Rams right now, except for draft picks. They don't got none of those. Yeah, well, <laughs> they knew the risk, right? They knew the risk. Oh, I mean, again, do you know what I would say? And then, uh, you know, let me go on whatever you need to do, and I'm happy to be here. A, a prospect is a suspect until proven otherwise, man. You know, if I'm a baseball team, my minor league system is only valuable to me if I could turn it into major league players. And draft picks here for anyone who acts like, oh, my God, a draft pick, first-round draft pick, how can we move our first-round draft pick? I mean, I mean, find a team that drafts great. And I'll tell you, every other year in that first round, um, you get a good player, you get a bust, you get an average player, you get a pro bowler, you get a bust again, you get a good player, and that's what it is. We know it here in Broncos country. So while Vaughn, you know, we'll, for, we'll know who and what those picks turn into forever. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, on, on our end, the Broncos country's end, that the Broncos, with their first-round pick here, whether it's 12 or 10 or 8 or 13, we use one of those picks from Vaughn Maybe that second, maybe that third, move up to seven, move up to six, get us a Herbert, get us a Josh Allen, and the rest is history. How else, you know, can I, that's, that's how you got to operate. That's how the world, that's how the football world, 
world worth. So I'm hoping that Vaughn leaves us with a little magic inside of that pick and, you know, leaves us with a chance to kind of get right. And, you know, no harm, no foul. You don't care if the Bronx are good again. Maybe the Bronx in a couple few years can go get those Rams, um, you know, who might be trying to win their second or third Super Bowl here in a couple few years. So We're just trying to get our one right now, man. I get it. I get it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. I totally get it. It's not easy. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I don't know what the fan base, how your fan base is there, but, you know, be, you know, uh, Dan Kroenke owns the Nuggets here, okay? Mm-hmm. And, man, you know, he takes – and he owns the Avalanche here. Takes some heat. Takes a little bit of heat uh, sometimes. They're both good. He's both good right now. And he owns Arsenal, right? He owns Arsenal over there. Um, uh, yeah, he does. And, um, in the Premier League. He's, you know, one of the most powerful men in sports, I'll tell you. He doesn't spin like he does in the Rams. He does not. There's, listen, he has other professional franchises that, well, that I love <laughs> that are in this town that are, that are good, good franchises. Uh, he's going all in, doing. He's like, whatever the, the Rams want, he's been able to do, and he lets them do. And, um, you know, if you guys can't win, it's not, it's, it's, it's not for tr- not trying. Not really. I mean, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> that's the name of the game is you're just trying. Trying to get there, and we're just hoping to get it done. All right, so Dan, can you tell people? Can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, man, I'm at Tweet Danny on Twitter. Uh, we do the Broncos Blitz podcast, which I don't know if anyone Rams country is it Rams Nation, Rams country. What are you guys? We're we're the Rams house, yo. Or the Ramily. <laughs> Damn, I like that. Okay, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, at MileHighSports.com, you could watch the show every single day at MileHighSports.com, the radio show on a Twitch. A uh, little TV screen we got. You can, you know, get podcasted versions of the shows. Mile High Sports app. It's ninety-eight point one FM here in town, but uh, your listeners aren't in town. But uh, we you know we'd love to have them check in on the show, and um, and that's it, man. Especially if you want to, you know, hear the fallout and the aftermath of everything that's going on with Vaughn around here. You know, um, we're we don't know what life is like without Vaughn because most Peyton Vaughn has been truly, truly the face of this franchise. One of the funnest dudes in the NFL to really enjoy. One of the great characters in the NFL. All that kind of stuff. Again, it's never been perfect. There's been a couple little uh, instances, some things, you know. There was a uh, alleged domestic uh, uh, thing that went down less than a year ago, uh, maybe a couple years ago. Never got filed. Um, it uh, again, you know, it was with baby mama. Uh, I don't want to say, oh, man, baby mama drama, you know, that's uh, because, you know, that, that's not cool and it's not okay. Uh, we always say on this radio show, leave the domestic stuff at home. We don't care about it. Um, you know, uh, but Vaughn didn't get charged. He's not in jail for it. Um, I don't know if he's still with the mom. I don't know any of that stuff. I know he's a, a proud dad now. And, you know, that's a little, that's a blip. That's a blip on the radar. No guy's perfect. Tell you that. Um I mean, and, uh, at this point, all we really care about is is him being on the field. Oh, that's sure. all we care about. I mean, you again, know? Uh, no, of course, and he is. He's uh, Vaughn's not a bad guy. Vaughn's a good guy. Vaughn's a good guy. Vaughn's a good man. Uh, Vaughn's a good football player. Vaughn's passionate about winning. Vaughn's got a lot of pride. Vaughn's not going to go there, and Vaughn's not going to not deliver for you guys. Derek, totally straight up, Vaughn is going to deliver for you guys. He's going to do it right, right away. And, um, you know, again, I'll, I'll leave by saying that the Rams, the Rams win the Super Bowl this year. And wow. I need you to have me back on when, I need you to have me back on when they do so. Rams <laughs> win the Super Bowl. All right. You know what they do? We'll get you back on. I promise. So you right, you can tell the world. I told you so. Yeah, for sure. All yeah, right. For sure. 
All right. Well, thanks, Dane, so much. We really appreciate your time, and have a great one. Thanks, Derek. I appreciate it, buddy. Right, take care. Well, there you go. Thoughts from the Denver perspective on Vaughn Miller. He had a lot to say. Just sat back and listened in. So there you go. There's our preview. There's our look at Vaughn Miller. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow us on Twitter at TalkRands. Follow me on Twitter at DC Apollo. Have a great one. And we're out of here.